Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 91 of the Heartily Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of... Le Opinion. Oh, Le Opinion. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. That is Justin with me today. No Matthew. Hello. Just get Justin and Adam today. And, uh, well, I'm going to give just a bit of... What's what's the word? Warning. For today's podcast. Trigger warning is what they call a it now. Trigger a warning. trigger warning. <laughs> uh, specifically for uh, f- any family out there of Justin and I who might be listening, this might not be a podcast you want to tune in on because uh, we are going to talk about something we feel is important. To- masturbation. Yes, we are. Masturbation. <laughs> we are talking about masturbation today. Well, at least for part of today. I don't know if masturbation's an hour, but... Yeah, touche. But yeah, just, you know, disclosure there. But anyways, but I agree with you. You were saying before the podcast that it's something that's important to discuss and not many people discuss it. Yes, because not a lot of people discuss it, there's not a lot of um, dialogue on whether or not it's good or bad outside of a, you know, religious sense. Um, and there's actually not a whole lot of information out there um, wh- on whether or not it's actually good for the psyche or if any activity at all in right. that way is good for you or if it's just an overabundance. I mean, the age you, you should be healthily starting at, the amount that you should be doing it. I mean, there's a lot of aspects that go into this. And yeah. I wouldn't say that you and I are um, like experts on the psychological aspect of it, but we're definitely not strangers to it. No, you and I definitely went into kind of, we, we kind of had like a saga where we were really into health. And, you know, once we and kind we of... Will, we will again. Right, we will again. But once we, uh, but I felt like the reason why that kind of came about with us is because we were at a point where we were so healthy and the other aspects of our life, the ones that everybody just tries to get to, right? So mm-hmm. diet, we were exercising, we are really fucking health conscious. I mean, we were we were really food. we found it very important to enrich our minds. You were painting yes. a lot. Um, I was getting back into just vocal technique and mm-hmm. uh, hard work in general, work ethic. Yes, um, getting up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it really was just kind of the next step is to examine that. Uh, not I to agree. mention, I feel like, I mean, we'll touch upon all these things individually, but I feel like a lot of young men start to notice um, different effects, you know, with their bodies in the right. bedroom, you know, when they're intimate with another person. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, we'll, I think we'll touch on all of that, but I just, I feel like it's very important and mm-hmm. I feel like someone's got to do it. So why don't we do it? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, uh like I said, I, I think it is something very important to talk about, especially because, I mean, the extension of this conversation is porn, right? Right. You know? And there's kind of this, you know, there there's this one thing that people do talk about is they talk about people who have addiction to porn, right? Right. But people don't really understand that addiction to porn really just means addicted to masturbating. Right. You know, they go hand in hand with it's each a other. release. Yes. And it, it it's really it's it's about the release and it's about 
uh, the components that go into one stimulating yourself so that you may have a release. Uh-huh. The way that you you uh, you know technically like do it, uh-huh. right? And then, I mean, really, your attitude toward it. Those three components are what formulate a problem or a mm-hmm. habit or anything like that. So, let's first start at the stigma of it all. I mean. Everyone kind of discovers that on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone usually discovers something like that in secret. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it starts with a little bit of like a stigma, right? Like mm-hmm. a like a, a shame. Yeah. Well, in a, a stereotype also, because I mean, it's not really a stereotype because I, I would argue that it's true that, you know, all men watch porn, you know, a lot of women too. I mean, I think it starts before that because you don't understand that. I mean, for example, uh I'm older than you are. I'm still in the millennial spectrum technically, right? Right. But we didn't have pornography or internet in general readily available to us at a young age. Right. I I did not, you know, so. um, I I mean, it wasn't until I was like, I would say 15, 16 when internet porn kind of came into my life. And I was already almost graduated college. Yeah. When the, the, the streaming aspect, right. The free, free streaming aspect. Yeah. So, um, with that said, I mean, Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening to this, anybody who cares. <laughs> That's why I had to give but that disclosure at the beginning. For me, I mean, it was all about exploration. I didn't know that I had the intention of masturbating or that I had this uh, desire to have a release. Right. It was curiosity, you uh-huh. know. So, I mean, as a gay man, you know, you don't know that you're gay for a while. Mm-hmm. And then in retrospect, you realize that you were gay the whole time. But for me, it started with looking up keywords I remember being at the library and I typed in Mm sex.com because everything ended with .com. It popped up. I was in public. It made me feel some kind of way. I immediately exited out of it and I went outside because I didn't know like what was going on? Like what the fuck was that? Yeah. Like why did I feel this, this, this rush of heat to my Uh face? Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. So to me, that was a safer place to look for that because one, I had this feeling, you know, I pay to be there, so I should be able to. Uh-huh. But two, it was like uh, if I did it at home, I'd have to have some kind of cover up for mm-hmm. it. So then I started getting more daring. I was a lot more interested and I would l- try to see this kind of thing at home. Uh-huh. Um. My parents were on vacation. I went on a field day. I didn't touch myself for anything. I was just trying to acquire information. To be quite honest, I did not know how to. It didn't. Uh-huh. It wasn't something for me that I just somehow knew how to do. Right. Um, and I remember any letter I type in after like three days of my parents being gone, and I had not masturbated this whole time ever, um, would bring up a porn site like www.a like ass raped bitches or yes, www.b I, I remember that for you sure know, you know buttholefucking.com yeah it was always yeah C, sentences you know very specific sentences exactly <laughs> very detailed um so that is when i desired some kind of release mm-hmm. and a, a website took 
a million years to load. So if they had a white background, it was much faster. But of course, all porn has a black background. (laughs) So it was like, enter, let the fucker load, go get, you know, a Mountain Dew or whatever. (laughs) And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, make sure you've done your homework, whatever. Mm -hmm. Look back and you can see like the outline of the windows popping up that always meant it was about to show up. (laughs) The text would then come and the pictures were last. Yes. So... Anyhow, um, yeah, they're, they're, it's secret, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's shame. You don't right. tell anybody about this. So um, take it away from there. I feel like we're going to advance on this. Yeah, slowly. well, so my experiences, so like when I actually first, first masturbated, it was like by accident. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I wasn't like quite sure what was happening. It was really just kind of r- like rubbing up against, you know, like I think it was like my bed or something, right? And just realizing it felt good. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the next logical step is like, oh, well, I can just do this with my hand, you know, and it kind of took off from there. And uh, and as far as like internet porn and everything goes, I remember I didn't, I never had any like way of accessing it and, in any way, shape or form when I was like younger, I think one time I went to a friend's house and I like looked under their sink and there was like a playboy in there. And I think that was like my first experience actually like watching porn or anything, but, uh, but it's funny you were bringing up the things of like waiting for the screens to load and stuff. Cause I do remember as I got older, like I said, like 15, 16 age realm And just as you, you know, there were a lot of sites that were just like that were like sentences or whatnot. What I ended up finding were sites that had pictures and then the pictures would take you to another site. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would uh, so I would find one of these sites that had those pictures. And sometimes the pictures would take me to like that girl's like website, you know, Mm -hmm. so it'd be like, you know, like Tiffany Allison at, you know, whatever dot com. And then you would wait for the screen to load and then there would be like a 20 second trailer at the beginning that just showed a little snippet, a free one. And yeah, you had to just, and even once the screen loaded, you had to wait, like, at least in my case, it was like, you'd have to wait 30 minutes, you know, to 40 minutes for that fucking video to load. Oh, dial up. (laughs) So you're literally waiting to, to, to masturbate. But the, the reason why I brought up the how the porn and the masturbating goes hand in hand and going with like why you say there's like a stigma on it and what I was talking about with like stereotype is just it's not something that I feel like is talked about and is and I think young boys look as shameful because it's not something there's a lot of information about, you know, when you start doing it, you don't really talk about doing it. And right. you know, it's not until you get a little older and somebody maybe makes a comment and it makes you feel a little more comfortable to also make a comment back. And before you know it, everyone's talking about it, but there's that stereotype that just all men watch porn. And b- because of the kind of man stereotype, it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like, it's not something that's talked about. Cause it's just like, Oh, that's, you know, that's just something that men do. And it's right. just dismissed as that. 
I guess is what I'm trying Which to say. Which kind of takes a little bit of the edge off the shame uh-huh. when you realize that other men are doing this. As you get older, definitely. You know, it starts to, to do that. I mean, but it's still not something that you are willing to talk to about, like with your parents or anything like that. That's really weird. Uh-huh. Um, did you ever discuss masturbation with your parents? No, never. Me neither. In fact, I would argue that I was more shameful of it growing up was because, and not that my parents were ever like, you know, telling me like, don't ever do this. It's wrong. You know, the conversation masturbation just never came up, but I think living in like a Catholic household Mm -hmm. and that was kind of, you know, the umbrella thing for a Catholic is you just don't do that. So I I would feel really, really guilty in the beginning for sure doing it. And then for a lot of religions, it really falls under the adultery. Yeah. Because Uh you're fantasizing about somebody's wife who is not yours. Right. Exactly. Anyhow, um, as you mature and you get into a place of where this becomes, you know, normal, Mm -hmm. it starts to become habitual, right? And you, everyone understands that you need to take your time to masturbate. It's very important (laughs) to have your coffee, right? It's just part of your day. But where it really starts to become problematic Mm -hmm. is when. It's not just taking the edge off anymore. It's become a replacement. It's Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. starts to replace any effort that you would put, put forth to have an interpersonal like experience exactly. with somebody. And the thing is, searching for that interpersonal experience is really important. Mm-hmm. It's like... The game is very important to learn how to play. Getting right. sex. You know, it's... That's what helps you decide that you want to improve yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if people aren't having sex with you, but they're having sex with other people, that's an opportunity for you to really learn how to take a social cue. So say it's be- you look around and you see that all the other guys that are having sex, chances are you're not, you know, naked around them or anything like that, but you can tell that they have a nice physique or whatever. And then right. you think, all right, well, if they're having sex because they have a nice physique, I'll masturbate in the meantime, but I'm going to go ahead and have, you know, this uh, motivation to improve my body. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have the motivation to prove to improve your body, you just want to masturbate. In right. the meantime, you know, there is no more motivation. You're taking mm-hmm. the motivation away by just giving yourself the end result. Um so I think that's where the problem really starts. And then there's a slew of problems that really fall after that. Yes. Well, and and I I very much agree with you that it it takes it's a dangerous thing when it takes place of that motivation for an interpersonal relationship with somebody. Right. You know, and or an intimate relationship more so. And speaking from experience. And this is funny because, you know, this was something I I claimed for years. Now, when I first met Justin, now Justin in general just has a a higher libido than I do. Would you argue against that? I would not argue against that. So, but, and this was something I always claimed for years because for years, sex was just never really like a big deal to go out there and try to find or to try to You welcomed to get, it if right. it fell in your lap. Exactly. Which, but I was... by the way, it fell in his lap a lot. <laughs> yeah, it did often. But I was never like, 
out there in bars trying to pick up girls or what have you, you know, and I would have these long periods of time without having sex at all. And it never really bothered and me. And I did not understand. Yes, Justin, I thought he was superhuman or something. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> now this was, this was for years, right guys? Now, fast forward years later, I found myself, you know, almost pursuing sex, not because it was something I was like, oh, I need to have sex, but just because it was like, ah, it's been a while. I should probably get on the board again and then mm-hmm. I'll be good for a while. That's almost what it felt like, you know? So then, so the motivation kind of came back in those instances. Questions. Don't forget your point, but question. Do you, did you find that as you decided I should probably get on the board again. Mm-hmm. Was the standard of woman a little bit lower just oh, to get on sure. the bur- board? Okay, for sure. Okay, yeah. And there was still a certain amount of work I was willing, only willing to put in. So I just knew like lower on the board. That okay. sounds really bad, but I mean that's that's what the case was. We're we're, we're here to be honest, not to yeah. make people happy. And uh, <clears throat> so, anyways, I found now later in life when I was going through that and trying to find somebody that um, I had this issue of I wasn't able to get it up. Right, mm-hmm. first time this had happened to me at this point. So the first time it happens, you know, I'm I'm a you know when it comes to those kind of situations, I I know how to you know handle the situation. So and it's re- it was really just like a like I don't know what's up. Like this is just the case. Sorry, you know? it's not you, it's me. Yeah, exactly. You know what more can you say? And I knew just from talking to you know friends and other men, like I knew this was something that happens sometimes in men's life. Of course, it just does. So hashtag me too if you've ever had an erectile dysfunction. <laughs> so this was just one of those times. So, but then there came another time and now I had the same issue. And so now the second time, you know, especially in a row, you're like, okay. That's a trend. You know, that's a trend. Yeah. So trend continued. And so I was like, I was just beside myself. I had no fucking clue what was going on. I didn't know why I was having this issue at this age, you know, whatever it was. And I started to obviously look up a lot of information about it. What could possibly cause this kind of stuff? Is it just a mind block, something physical? What is it? And I came across a lot of YouTube videos and eventually a TED Talks of this gentleman who just that he gave this TED Talks about how he was somebody who was addicted to porn and in turn, you know, masturbation. And but he did speak about them separately, and he was talking about how porn, uh, you know, sets up your expectations. It makes your uh, oh, don't don't paraphrase this because there's a lot to this. Okay, to unfold. So, so start one at a time, and then we'll hit it. Okay, so so wh- expectation. Let's talk about why it raises your expectations. So obviously, you're when you're watching porn, these girls and these porns are made to look extraordinarily beautiful you know but like in the dirtiest most sexy gross cummy kind of way that you want yeah exactly you know there's there's definitely a a way that all the porn you know girls in porn and on the flip side if you're watching gay porn there's no normal looking man they're always hung like rhinoceroses they always have beautifully built giant chests, mm-hmm. hairless bodies, perfect asses. Right. I mean, 
So on the same line. And uh, and aside from just the way that the participants look in the porn, it's the way that the porn plays out. You know, mm-hmm. it, it starts with this foreplay with the girl really moaning and getting into it. I'm assuming the same thing with gay porn. Yes. And everyone's you know, just starving for the penis. Everyone's, yeah, just thirsty for it. Right. You yes. know, and then, you know, it usually starts with a blow job or 69, whatever. And then it leads into sex. But then you'll have like this 20 minute sex scene. Right. Right. So doing different positions, different ways, different parts of the house sometimes, you know, and the girls usually behaving in a certain way during these acts and the man's usually behaving a certain way. And everything flows really well. There's like no communication needed. It just for whatever reason looks like. This is just how it happens. Exactly. So if you watch porn all the time, you start to become desensitized to this kind of stuff. And you start to think, oh, this is how porn really or this is how sex really is. And what's more so, at least in my case, you know, so even subconsciously you sit there and say, well, like, so when I'm having sex in real life, this is how a girl wants me to behave. Right. And when you find yourself in those situations, it really disconnects you from the moment because you're just focusing on how to do it like the people in porn, whether mm-hmm. you know you're doing it or not. So that's the expectation bit. Uh, the sec- and also you're expecting them to like scream and and all of this yeah, well, too. That's what and that's by like how they behave. And that's, yeah, that's sure. where you're looking for your validation. So if they're not screaming and if they're not moaning and if they're not quivering and shit. Thank God there's something wrong with me. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. And Which adds to the dysfunction sometimes. Yes, for sure. You get stuck inside your head. That's definitely what was doing it for me. And so another thing he brought up about porn was the attention span. You know, right. when we watch porn, you know, if a if a video's 10 minutes long, you're not watching 10 minutes. You're jumping through to find your favorite parts. And sadly enough, I mean, not, this, there's nothing wrong with this either, but mm-hmm. sex does not last 45 minutes. No. I mean, from the beginning, middle, and end, if you go a few times, you might get a couple hours out of it with a little bit of, of rest time. Right. But, I mean, you can have some great sex in five minutes yes like really good fulfilling sex for sure yeah so but in porn i mean it's not it doesn't work it's not five minutes exactly they're they're actors they're performing for the camera but so he was talking about so not only is it that you click through the different videos but you are the through the timeline in the video. Right. But you also click around to different videos very quickly. Right. So you're constantly jumping from this one. Okay, I'm done with that one. This one, done with that one, this one. So your attention span is just... Not only that, but you're not going from a buff dude and a blonde and Mm. watching like six videos of a buff dude and a blonde. Right. It's a buff dude and a blonde. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it's one of every hair color in a dude. And then it's two guys and a girl. And then Uh it's whatever. So you don't really have even one fantasy to stick to. You want all the fantasies. And that brings me to my third point. And the third thing that this guy spoke of was just you not only get desensitized to how sex really is, but you actually get desensitized to sex itself. Because when you start watching porn a lot, just as you said, you know, First, you're watching just the typical porn, just a man fucking a woman, or in your case, a man fucking a man, you know, nothing crazy, nothing special. But if you're watching porn so much, 
eventually those videos just aren't doing it for you anymore. Yes. So now all of a sudden you're looking at like different fetishes and this, that, the other thing, BDSM, choking, whatever it is, you know, you're going through the different fetishes to try to find what's going to give you your fix at that point. And at least for me, what it ended up doing uh, to me in the uh, during this whole bit is giving me false my myself false expectations of what I was into. Right. You know, cause all I had was like, well, I usually watch this porn, so I must be into this, but really I was just desensitized to all the other shit. Right. You know, that I was just on this fix right now. So it, it really fucks up your sex life. And so this was, uh, so then the Ted talks guy went and was talking about masturbating, uh, separately, you know, and was just talking about how, uh, wasn't much to say as far as the points that I made on porn, but just what I said in the beginning to where they go hand in hand. So it was after watching this Ted talk video where all of a sudden I realized I was like, Holy fuck. I, I think I'm one of these people. I think I have an issue because yeah. at the time I was, <clears throat> so at the time I was living, uh, with you in an apartment and I worked from home, mm-hmm. you know, and I only worked, uh, you know, maybe on like Mondays and one other day in the week. And I just had free time, you know, the rest of the week. And I didn't realize that to fill that time, a lot of the times I was just masturbating and I was just watching porn and masturbating and a number that I used to be proud of, of how much I masturbated every day quickly became like shameful because, oh fuck, I have a fucking issue. Right. No, I totally get that. I think there's a lot of people out there that they have that that number uh-huh. they really like and there's you only can you can only go a certain amount of years before that's something that you're legitimately proud of right and then er, eventually everyone else is looking at you like i i like legitimately just do not have that much time uh-huh in my day and if there's one thing you don't want to have a ton of time for is just to masturbate all day yeah. especially since like really I guess what you're into is what you're into, but sex in general, whether it's video or in real life, it's not really a spectator sport. No. You know, it's an interpersonal um, experience. Right. It's something that you do with someone else. So when you're used to it being a spectator sport, Mm -hmm. it's hard to have your mind in the game when, you know what I mean? Like, other than porn... Sex is not about watching your dick go in and out. Right. Sex is about connecting engaging with, the person with you're someone, with. looking at them, and becoming, in a way, like not to be cheesy, but like a part of them for that moment in time. I agree with you. You know, and then eventually, I mean, you really you're just trying to smash two bodies together to make them <laughs> one body. Yeah. From, and yeah. and on accident, you. You know, and, and right. inside, and then it's over. And uh-huh. then you try again to become one body with another person or the same person again. Right. So it takes sex from being interpersonal to being a spectator sport. So uh-huh. once you're, you know, just because you watch, uh, you know, baseball, you know, everybody's sports doesn't mean when they throw you in there that you're going to be able to hit the ball and right. run the, you know what I mean? One, you have to be in shape. Oh, sex too. Yeah. I mean, 
no doubt about it. You know, it's, it's hard to have sex <laughs> if you want if you want to have fun for sure. Yeah, like, you know? exactly. So then. I mean, everything needs to be exercised. Your game needs to be exercised yes. when you've just been jerking off all the time. And then you do decide, you know, I would like to have an interpersonal experience. Yeah. One, getting sex is hard. Yes. Two, that juggling of, is it worth it? Because I could just go masturbate. That's going to be kind of in your mind, you yes. know, whether or not I want to even do this. And then you work all this, you work hard to put yourself in an interpersonal connection that you're not ready for, and then you get discouraged because you can't perform. Yes. And whether or not we like it, this all starts with wanting to masturbate all the time. Yes. And I'm not knocking masturbation. There's actually quite a few studies out there that show that a regular release in order to get things going and working and everything is actually good for you. That's why you have nocturnal emissions or wet dreams or whatever once every how often. Right. You know, but... You need to exercise. <laughs> yes, I agree. And the but the 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 point with this conversation too, though, is that you know though it's healthy, it can become a problem. And I found myself in the situation kind of where when you're with a bunch of guys and you're talking about stuff like this, and people would be like, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll do it a solid, you know, like I'll do it like every morning, or you know, oh yeah, I do it when I'm in the shower, you know, like I usually do in the morning and then before I go to bed. And I'm sitting here like, mm, my fucking amateurs, I got you out like six or seven a fucking day, bitches. <laughs> like, <laughs> and everyone laughs. And everyone laughs. Yeah, exactly. And but- you're like. Like, nah, like, really. And it started, once I watched this video, dude, I started to notice those, because I didn't stop once I started this video. It was just, it was just like the kind of wake up call of like, yeah. oh, okay, the this light has bulb to get turned done. On. Yeah. And, but skipping forward, so I decided to go a period of time. And where, in solidarity, I too decided. Yes, and Justin did it also. And, so the whole thing, how long was it that we agreed on? Was it 90 days? We were trying to We decided days, to right? start with 90 days. Uh-huh. The ground rules were only interpersonal connections were allowed. Yes. Yeah, so no porn, no masturbation. Right. Period. It, if you were getting some, it had to be from somebody else. Right. So we quit this. And let me tell you guys... I was somebody who I thought I just had a low libido. Sex just was just not a thing for me. And because I, I probably have never missed a, probably one or two days of my life since I started, you know? <laughs> and all the fucking sudden within like a cut, because there's like an adjustment period for sure. So, but like after like a week or two, Boy, did that libido come back in full fucking throttle. That was a rough time. It what well what killed me was, and one thing I never understood with like Justin, who has a higher libido anyway, was there would be, or even not even just you, other friends also, is there would be these periods of time where like I would get these comments of just like Oh, I just, you know, I need to get fucked or I need to fuck something or da, da, or I need to, you know, have sex with a girl, whatever it was. And I just never understood that like urge, you know? Right. And now all of a sudden I found myself where it's like, oh my God, sex has literally just been on my mind all day. Like not porn, sex. 
you know. And, and it, it didn't feel unhealthy. It didn't feel unhealthy, no, but it was different for me. It, it wasn't something I had experienced that crazy for a very long time. And I was like, wow, like I must have had a fucking issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but but that's why I think it's important to talk about because since kind of going through this experience and talking to others about it, I, I would start, you know, friends would start opening up to me and being like, yeah, there was this one time where like, duh, duh, you know, and the thing is, this would be somebody who I've talked about masturbating with many times. But once that ice was broken, of talk like, to by the way, talk to about masturbating, not masturbating with them. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> just, just to be clear. But and uh, and all of a sudden, you know, I'd, I'd mentioned th- these issues and the ice breaks and all of a sudden they're talking to me about similar things that they had, you know, in the past. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I don't think anybody talks about it because it's been such a, a demonized thing to talk about. Well, by the time you're ready to talk about it, it's turned into one all guys do it. Right. So there's no need at this point to actually demonize any part of it. Right. Two, if you do decide that there's something wrong with it, it's, it's kind of backwards from when you were a kid. Now you're worried about being ostracized. Now you're worried about True. being that guy that says it's not good for you and then being mm-hmm. told, what the fuck is your problem? You right. Know? You, you always want to fit mm-hmm. in. But I feel like when we were deciding not to do that anymore and we'd explain it to people, it was like, well, more power to you. Yeah. Like nobody, everybody was just kind of like, Okay, but I think it was a secretly kind of like, oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't know. It's it's just something that I I think especially men out there just have to be like weary of, you know, when you're watching porn and everything. Because yeah, well, what, you just it's it, what are you whenever you do anything, uh-huh. you should really look into what the long-term effects are going to be right so with like say drug use for example there there's a tremendous amount of information about what Mm -hmm. extensive drug use or prolonged drug use can do to you right you know you've seen those ads of like this is what you look like after having one glass of wine every day for 20 years this is what can happen to you Mm -hmm. um no one seems to want to talk about what happens to your brain when you've masturbated twice a day or once a day for 50 years mm-hmm. you know um and then also it depends on the kind of lifestyle that you want to lead true you and i we've always had this idea mm-hmm. that we wanted to be fit people of mind and body and depending who you are soul right um and you always want to be that person that can be a role model in some way you know you want to Every guy wants to be the one that can get the girl. Every gay man wants to be the one that can get the guy. Uh-huh. And you're never going to get that if you're finding a substitution for that. But yes. we don't we don't have studies about the long-term results of this. And they need to have them. Right. Well, but one thing I would argue that we do have studies with, and the reason why I think everybody should should really take these kind of conversations we have seriously. And I'm also talking about the conversation we had with about weed yesterday is because the things we do have studies for is that your brain constantly wants, you know, a shot of dopamine. Yes. Constantly wants a shot of it. And 
what we've learned, especially with diet, is your body always wants to take the easy way out. Oh, absolutely. Constantly. It just wants to get And your get brain there. does, too. Yeah. It, it wants to get there the easiest way possible. That's why people get addicted to smoking. That's why people get addicted to smoking weed. That's why people get addicted to porn and masturbation. Because yes. it's a dopamine re- release. And what we were talking about with like weed yesterday is when you're constantly getting that dopamine re- release, it doesn't make you want to be productive because being productive was going to give you that. But now you know longer need that and masturbation's the same way when you release or release not only dopamine but serotonin into your brain you know that gives you this euphoric feeling and when you can get that by yourself well that's your brain's easiest way to get that so that's the way it's going to constantly go to but if you don't have it your brain's still going to crave it and an orgasm i mean that's the number one reinforcer in life true it's the thing that makes us want to reproduce (laughs) it the orgasm is what determines whether or not we get to continue on surviving right you know it it gives the it, it gives a reward for reproducing yes so if you're taking the easy way to get the most satisfying thing in life uh-huh. all the time. I mean, you don't have a whole lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And eventually you do want to be, well, most people, I didn't think I did, but you do want to be with someone and you want to be with someone you can have sex with a lot. Right. And when you are presenting yourself as somebody who has given themselves a lot of orgasms and let's face it, a man especially can give themselves pretty good orgasms. You know, you're giving yourself a lot of <laughs> yeah. pressure. Yeah. You're giving yourself just the way you like it. Yeah, exactly. So the ability for anyone else to do that for you, you've robbed them of it. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure we all, well, most of us, you know, um, have that first sexual encounter mm-hmm. and you recall the feeling you got when you first were going to, you know, climax or whatever. It's unlike anything else and it happens pretty fast. Yes. And with, I mean, even though it's embarrassing, it's a great thing. You are responding so strongly to the touch of somebody else to an interpersonal experience and you're just robbing your future partner of that and i'm not religious i'm not looking at this like save it for whoever but i mean wouldn't you feel slightly you know um unnerved or defeated if only your girlfriend could please herself if you couldn't do it for her oh yeah i mean for sure i've i have and i've had girlfriends in the past that have, you know, at least I feel have always been, you know, particularly honest with me about those things, you know, because I, and I have been told by this from girls also whom you know, I haven't slept with just talking generally, you know, because a lot of girls will say that a lot of times they won't climax, right? But they, that doesn't mean they don't enjoy the sex, right? you know, they just, but they won't climax. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's an interesting question though, is, you know, is that something that, not to kind of go off topic, but is that something a man should feel bad about if she, if he can't be the one to bring her to climax and only she can do it? I mean, I mean, the sex can still be good, you know, through the other aspects of yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have to climax every time, but I, 
it's more to me it's more along the lines of why can't you you know because right. i mean let's face it sexual compatibility is very important yes okay sex life or intimacy in general in a relationship is incredibly important it's one of the three main pillars you know uh, what is it? it's intimacy passion and commitment yes okay you need all three for long term so if you just aren't compatible or can't figure out how to be compatible sexually inevitably it's kind of fail yeah i'd agree okay for sure so if the reason you can't do that is because you've been pleasing yourself for so long i mean that's extra shitty that's a slap in your own fucking face exactly and in the face of your partner and Mm -hmm. now it's your doing that is causing the failure of each other's sex lives and that's just really sad It's, Mm -hmm. it's very very unfortunate um, and then back to the whether or not you have to climax every time. I mean, I can tell you from a a gay man's perspective, I don't like climaxing every time. Really? Yeah, I don't. Why is that? Because when you climax, it's over. It's just over, right? You know, a lot, depending on who you are, but for most people, and I don't always want it to be over after one time. You know, I want to still have that desire and that longing for more. I want to huh. be the one that keeps it going, you know, and so that that's how I am, you know, I don't, without going into too much detail, that's not necessarily what he's like. Right. I feel you. Okay. But for me, I don't necessarily need to do that. So I feel like with women a lot of the time and you think it's similar. I, I know it is because oh, I work yeah. in a, in a uh, environment with lots of women. And while we do not talk about these things at work, Inevitably, we're going to talk about these things outside of work. Okay. And I mean, I know several women who've never actually had a full-blown, you know, orgasm, but they're still really, really into being intimate. They get different things out of it. And they've told me that that's part of the sim- our similarity is they don't need to have a mind-blowing orgasm because when it's over, they still have this really strong want. The See, and, and they love having the want. Right. They love having the, you know, looking at their partner and just like, dang, this is mine. I get more of this. And, you know, everyone's different. But I feel like that this is also a matter of communicating because – We've all heard that communication is important, but I don't think that a lot of people understand how obvious communication is. It's literally talking about everything. Recap your sex life. Talk about what you like. Talk about what you could have done differently. Talk about what you notice. So I agree with you on the communication aspect, but to go even further into that point, I think communication also happens in other ways. Uh, So... A perfect example of this is going back to what you were saying to where the conversations you've had with, you know, fellow uh, female friends in the past about this subject is that even though they may have never climaxed like that, they get other things out of it, you know, of being intimate with that person. Yeah. You know, whereas if you're a man and you're just watching porn all day and this goes with the false expectations and you're not getting out there and for lack of a better term, sleeping around and kind of learning this about women, you know, and understanding that there are other things that they want. There are other things they you know long for aside from this kind of stuff. It's going to make you a, a better lover in the long run also. Oh, absolutely. So when people are so, 
you know, and I'm not even saying being as, because I'm sure there's people listening going, well, like, well, I don't do it as much as Adam did, but I, I just doing it all the time in general, though, even if it's just once a day. It's if it's like, a substitution for real personal interaction, when it then becomes. You gotta chill out. Yeah, when it truly becomes that. And addiction to masturbation and addiction to porn, even though they can be together. Um, are two separate things. Addiction yes. to masturbation yes. is when you have to masturbate in order to go on with your day and have a productive day. Okay, mm-hmm. if, you, or if you're fixated on the fact that you have not come and you do not want to go out and do that, you know, find someone to help you do that. Right. You know, and it's not worth it to you. Okay, that's addiction to masturbation. To me, addiction to porn is when you can't really seem to climax without pornography. Mm-hmm. So... Porn addiction and masturbation addiction are different to me. Do you, would you agree with that, or do you have a different spin? No, on that? I, I I agree with you. Um, you know, and I wasn't saying you can't have one without the other, but just usually if you're watching, you know, you're not sitting there for hours just you know watching porn, not trying to climax. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I just I was just saying they just go hand in hand. You're typically not watching porn if you're not masturbating or plan to masturbate. Right, but 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 for sure you. There are plenty of people out there, and I've had my own stages of it, of masturbating without porn. Absolutely. So what do you think about, I mean, can can two people be addicted to porn together? Like they're watching it together and like masturbating yeah. together? That's a good question, because that is like a fetish, isn't it? That is a thing yeah. that people do, right? I mean, if it's something that you... And your like romantic partner are into together, and it's something you guys do together, in some weird roundabout way. I, I would say that that's still intimate. That's still an interpersonal kind of. I think so too. Because okay, I mean, really, that that's a kink, is what yeah. that is. Yeah, yeah, kink. You know, and everyone has their own kinks, and kink actually. I mean, we can go into kink if we want to, but kink is an. A something that two people can actually really share and be uh-huh. really intimate about it, you know? Right. Um, I have less interest in m- masturbation and porn now that that possibility is available to me a lot more. Yeah, and I think everybody's the same you know, way. When I think you get the yah-yahs out a little bit, especially in like the first six months of a relationship, yeah. you know? and. And then things kind of start to settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think it's important for people to actually talk about it. You know, there's you give up a lot of things when you're in a relationship. And I'm not saying that's in a bad way. Right. But I mean, if you're monogamous, which most people are, you're you give up group sex for the rest of your life. Yes. You know, if you if you always fantasize about a threesome or something like that, it's over. Yeah. Forever. So that's important, I think, for your partner to know. That's always been like a thing of yours, uh-huh. so that they they can you know you can you can talk about it or you can try to make other compromises, right? You know stuff like that because monogamy is forever. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I mean that that goes with you know the communication thing where yeah, if you're in a relationship, you know certainly talk about what you know either one of you would want to happen, you know, during an intimate moment. So what's the strangest kink you've encountered in a woman that you were like, really? 
Uh, I'll tell you mine. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, have come across this. Uh-huh. Um, I came across this back in L.A. I had no idea that people like this. And it was, it was piss. I thought it was oh, yeah. so odd. It was a morning after situation. We were in the shower and this person asked me to do that to them. And I was, ju- I mean, now I don't think it's as weird because afterward I researched this. And I you learned that it's a pretty common, very thing, yeah. common. I still don't get it. Yeah, that was what I never got either. But um, at the time, I was just so... I mean, you're naked in a shower, right? Yeah. So you're, now you're exposed, and you're like, you know, uh, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> I'm not going to say what happened either, because uh-huh. it's weird, but I just remember being caught so off guard, because to me, sex was a little intense, you know? You're, like, uh-huh. naked, and... You know, sometimes you make noises you didn't necessarily thought you were going to make. Or your your body has functions that you don't think happen during sex and Uh whatever. But for someone to take something so, you know, naturally we look at as as piss as gross and weird and be into it. I mean, I was just completely caught off guard. No, I... I I would be caught off guard also. I mean, when I think about it, I don't... I don't ever really think I came across any like weird kink of a girl. Well, I think you have. You think? The, yes, you had one that really liked to pretend like she was going to get raped. Oh, yes. Okay. That that was something that never got acted out though. That's why it right, never came right. to mind. But yes, I okay. Okay, so yes, I did date a girl who had had a rape fantasy mm-hmm. and wanted that acted out, and she would bring it up from time to time, and I was I was pretty, uh, I, I I was pretty adamant that I that was not something I was willing to do, you know. But it didn't stop her from bringing it up every now and then. But yes, yeah, she she did have a rape fantasy. God, I actually forgot about odd. that. It wasn't until you said no. <laughs> I forgot about it too. Where yeah. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure there was something. Well, was- the first thing I thought of was just like actual like sexual experiences I've had, you know, there was no like crazy kinks that like happened during sex for me. But, but yes, there was a girl I dated who wanted that fantasy played out, which I found was odd and did not make me comfortable to do. (laughs) Well, I mean, everyone knows no means no. Exactly. And you don't fuck with no means no. Yes, exactly. And that that was the exact reasons I explained to her is like during rape, when rape actually happens, it's usually somebody screaming no, don't or stop over and over again. You know, so at what point, you know, do, does this become a fantasy and that becomes a little too real for one of us? You know, no, that's just was not something I was willing to fuck with at all. Like, and any girl out there who has that fantasy, I just, I mean, good luck finding a guy who will play that out for you, I guess. I mean, I guess you can do a safe word. I mean, I guess that's usually the. The commonality with those kind I of don't kings, know right? the way that this country, <laughs> the world in general, but this country is going. I mean, you can give your consent uh-huh. and then change your mind. Yeah. In some and places. somehow just think that, 
you know, afterward. <clears throat> I mean, if you change your mind afterward, sex just instantly in the, with a thought turned into rape. Yeah. And you were in there uh-huh. and there's proof that you were in there. Yeah, it's it's scary times. And like like I said, definitely not a fantasy I'm willing to play out with anyone. I knew somebody who I uh well I knew a few people actually who I actually never had like sex with, but there's a, there's a lot of more than not girls out there who are into the choking bit. Oh, definitely. Like super like really into it. Like they want to, you know, almost be on the verge of passing out, you know. Oh, that's a little extreme. I don't think I Oh, I no, I have I have met one person. And who likes to be right there at the point of, of passing out. Yeah, and I've actually I I feel like that's a pretty common one. But here's the deal. If it's something that you really want mm-hmm. and then you have somebody else who's really into that, I mean, is this is that healthy? Is this somebody that you should want around someone who likes choking people out until they're almost going to pass out and then letting them stay alive? Well, I mean, I guess it just depends on the, the context. In this case, it's the context of sex. So, I mean, really, if you find if you, I mean, think about it. If you're looking, if you're constantly dating around and you are somebody who's into being choked out during sex. Right. Uh-huh. And maybe and you have this boyfriend over here, you know, and he's uh, and he's great and everything, you know, and the sex is good, but he's not doing that for you. And this guy, you know, this boyfriend, same thing. Blah, blah, blah. And then you meet a guy just to hook up and, all else, and he's like, I'll fucking choke the shit out of you, you know, and he just chokes you out. I mean, would it not go through your mind that like this is the one, even for a second? I mean, you know, it of would, like I need to it, keep talking it, to this guy. I'm sure it would keep going to the point of like, can we try that again? Uh huh. Because I mean, when we were talking about like the three pillars, for example, right? What'd you say they were? Commitment, passion, and, and intimacy. And intimacy, right? Well, I would I would argue that if you find out you're compatible, you know, during uh compatible for sex like super compatible for passion and also i mean some part of intimacy intimacy. right but like that's kind of like the driving force of that relationship i would argue wouldn't it be oh absolutely but that's a problem with a lot of relationships it's they have the passion Uh down they're pretty good about the intimacy i mean you can definitely have sex without intimacy right you could just use someone to come Uh uh-huh Okay, which some people are also into that, and I'm not here to shame anybody, but I, I'm I will not be used for somebody to come. Right. <laughs> um, but the commitment aspect really does get overlooked. Yes. You know, I mean, passion is to me passion is the the animalistic part, that real yeah. basic basic human. Intimacy is where you get. I guess a lot of the cutesy factor, holding hands, just being close, you know, and so usually there's some intimacy in sex. And since those things are very physical and, and somewhat psychological, the, the commitment part is really important. And sometimes the sex is communicated a lot, but we're embarrassed or ashamed that we're not going to be on the same page with the commitment. And that's when things tend to fall apart. And that's Mm -hmm. why people are afraid to discuss them. Yeah. I, 
Yeah. How many times have you had it where you meet somebody, their sparks fly, you have sex. You meet somebody again, the sparks fly, you have sex. Uh-huh. The sex is getting better and better and better. You want to do it more and more often, but you don't know how many people this person's doing it with. And you don't know if you want to ask them because you're afraid they're going to stop having sex with you. Yes. That is true. Well, why do you think that happens? Or that that's the commitment aspect you're saying? What do you mean? What, what, what do I think? What happens? Like, or not why do you think it happens? Why? Or no, I, I guess that, that like, is why why. Do you, like, why do you think we're compelled to know how many people our partner has slept with? I don't, well, because, I mean, I that's I think that that's because a different I, issue. I think the reason you want to know is because you want to know, I mean, if you're religious, you want to know how dirty spiritually this person is but i think the reason people really want to know is because they want to know if the experience is different right so Uh, i mean if you've been with 12 women Uh and you're with a girl and you're in your her second guy or her first guy you're gonna feel a lot more confident you're gonna really try to rock her world where if she has been with you know 10 times as many people as you have. Right. You're going to feel a little less. Exactly. So that's why you want to know that, Uh you know, and it's one of those things you really don't want to know. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's definitely something that always comes across your mind for sure. But, you know, I think we're, I think most of us are a lot more confident that we can be good sex partners. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're worried that we're not going to be adequate lovers or yes. you know, people in committed relationships. So I think that's when people don't want to discuss it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's take religious people, for mm-hmm. example. They don't oftentimes want to discuss having sex because they never had it. It's not where they are confident. But they've been practicing their entire lives to be a good housewife. They got the cooking down, the cleaning down, the taking care of babies down. Mm-hmm. Okay, the standing by your man, making a house a home. Right. And those are the things that they want to talk about, which is why they're very compatible with other religious people. Mm-hmm. Because they are going into a state of vulnerability together when they first go to have sex. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're coming into a relationship and everyone's very experienced and very confident in that way, you know, but you're not particularly confident in the commitment, you tend to want, want to go to the commitment. It's not reinforcing, you know, uh-huh. you've, you know, the, 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 not the parable, but it's like when someone goes to take piano lessons and they go in there and they have a knack for it. And, you know, you know, as opposed to the person going in there thinking they're going to play rock and roll tunes on the piano and they're uh-huh. learning their, their, you know, finger number one, two, three, <laughs> yes. four, and five, you know, and, and counting and conducting and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck this piano bullshit. I thought I was going to be playing, you know, uh, you know, Elton John by three, work, week three. I'm not even on two hands yet. <laughs> fuck this. So with relationships, I think that's what it is. Why talk about being together when we can just, you know, F each other all the time. So since we're talking about relationships, just, just a question to kind of close us up here. So do you think then it is important to constantly be dating somebody until you find the person whom you want to spend the rest of your life with? Why you got to ask me this? You know the answer. You know what I want to say to this, don't you? Well, I, I'm, but I, I guess I'm asking you from, an objective standpoint. If you I think, think it's that's important something for dating 
to be your last thing you're looking for. But I do think right. it's important to date somebody before you commit to them. Right. So, no, no, no. I do not think but, that you the, should look well, for someone to date all the time. Well, and I knew that was going to be your answer, but that's also kind of the reason I asked. Because if we're talking about, or you, we were using like the analogy earlier about, you know, the playing the piano and some mm-hmm. people have a knack for it, some people don't. Some people just need more practice. Mm-hmm. Well, just as you were saying for like the commitment part and for the, you know, well, really any part of the pillar or any aspect of a relationship to get better at it. Couldn't you argue that in order to do so, you have to date around more? And date no, more people and have because more the end result is the most gratifying thing to the human psyche and the human body, the orgasm. Mm. So, Everybody wants to have an orgasm, and that is a driving force behind making something spark or making something work when you meet somebody. Mm. It's, I mean, really, you want to have sex. You want to have good sex. That is why you are with somebody, okay? You want all the other stuff, too, but it really comes down to... You want to be with someone and reproduce with them, and you want the reproduction to be really great, okay? And so, no. So you think? So you think most people kind of like confuse the two things, where like I they'll think find it's a somebody who confusion. But I, like, but in the in the case of like, oh, well, you found somebody who you're super compatible with in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and then they jump into a relationship with that person because of it, even though the relationship. Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. People have different purposes in your life. And Mm -hmm. I truly do believe that some people's purpose is for you to have sex with. Okay. I do feel that. I do. I feel that sex is, is not something reserved for only one person. I think that sex is something that you need to get familiar with. I think that your sexual being is someone that you need to be in touch with because I think it's very different than your non-sexual being, your your persona at work, you know, right. how you are perceived by the public. Uh-huh. Okay. And you need to be comfortable with your sexual being, who you are in bed. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's good to have some people that you have a casual sexual experience with and and that's what you're contributing to each other's life. It's just like some people are your friends, right? Some people you just, they're there to help you learn camaraderie there. And we need, in my opinion, we need to not stigmatize what people choose to do with their sex lives. That includes Being a virgin, because you are compatible with another person who's decided they're going to be a virgin until they're married. There is a compatibility there. True. Yeah. Interesting. You said a lot of things that I didn't think about that way before, but I, I do very much agree with you. Well, I think that's a good place to end this. We are at our hour for the day. And I, that was a really good conversation. I'm really happy we had that. Me too. Actually, I, I think that's, like you said, I think it's something very important to discuss, relate, you know, not only just the masturbation, but, but just relationships on a more intimate level like that. And I hope uh, anybody listening uh, was able to take something away from that. And if you are related to me and you got through all of this, bravo. You know a little bit more about Adam now. And if you're related to me and got through all of this, please never talk to me about this. <laughs> Thank you. I do not want to discuss this with you. Lead your own lives. 
um, I appreciate your support, oh. but I don't want to talk about this. It's weird. I, I, you know what? I second that notion, you know? Yeah. Gotta feel supported. <laughs> gotta, gotta feel Solidarity, supported. Adam. Solidarity, man. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Remember, you can find us on all the social media platforms. And we also have a Patreon you can donate money to if you'd like. That's www.patreon.com forward slash hardly millennial. And any final thoughts, Justin? Um, Go out there. Meet people. Have sex. Be compatible. Be compatible, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, until tomorrow, have a lovely morning, afternoon, and or evening. Bye-bye.